All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're ready to start learning. Before we dive into this episode, you know, we got to talk about a few companies that help make this possible and some of the companies that we back personally because we believe in them. Now, first up is HuntWise. There's a lot of mapping software and apps out there, and the best one that we think is is definitely HuntWise. I mean, they've got so many cool features that some of the other ones don't have, especially this HuntCast that we use every single time before we go out in the woods. Our, I mean, our time is precious. we got to know when's the best time to go out. And instead of searching around on all the, the weather sites and checking out all the details, you can go right to the HuntWise app, put it in your location, and you're getting local wind, local predictions based on where your stands actually are, and it helps you actually choose the best stand so you're not wasting any time and you can get right in there and hunt that buck you're after. Go visit HuntWise.com. So James and I have shot different bows from different manufacturers, and we all, every time we shoot them, we always go back to primes the reason is they're just so shootable and we're just so accurate with them they're super stable and they just came out with the new Revix 2 4 and 6 is their brand new bow for 2023 hunting season g5prime.com so next up we got vector arrows this is a company that has just blown me away with their ability to help the customer out. Basically, you don't have to go through and, and find your shaft weight and spine strength charts anymore. You don't gotta deal with any of that. Basically, you go to the website, you put in your draw weight, your draw length, your tip weight, and they basically build the perfect arrow for you. No guessing, no questions. And then you can customize them. They got a bunch of different options. You can shoot the HMR or the ZMR. These things are sweet and they seriously are some of the best arrows in the industry. And they've got a zero failure guarantee. So if you break it or bend it, they're gonna replace it. So if you wanna save yourself 10% on that, head over to Vector Custom Shop and use the code TFC10. There's been a lot of hype around tree saddles. And some of you might be hesitant to even try one. These things are awesome. If you ever wanted to try one, Trophy Line Tree Saddles make the best saddles in the industry. They're super comfortable, they're adjustable, and the new Venatic saddle, we were able to get our hands on it a couple months ago and it just seriously blew us away. So if you want to get into the saddle game, go over to trophyline.com. You can save yourself 10%, use the code TFC10, get into the saddle game, it's going to change the way you hunt. James and I like to go tromp around on public land and one way we're able to do that is to have good footwear. Uh, we used to lug around in, in rubber boots and by the end of the day we'd have sore feet and it'd be it'd be a mess. But we finally decided to get some good boots and partnered with Lathrop and Sons. These boots are so nice. They fit your foot perfectly. They've got Synergy foot pads that are made to you know form around your foot. These guys take the time. There's years and years of research and design and how to create the most comfortable boot. Go check out Lathrop and Sons. Last but not least, Vortex Optics. These guys have some of the best glass in the industry binoculars rangefinder spotter scopes we love them we've got it on our rifle we use our rangefinder all the time they also make clothing lines every quarter james and i are practically wearing a piece of vortex of barrel every day everything is high quality they come out with new items usually every quarter so spring summer winter fall they've got new lines and new clothing coming out check this stuff out and if you want to save yourself 20 percent head over to vortex.com head to the apparel page and save 20 percent with tfc20 all right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Somebody called me out uh, for I say that every single episode, and I haven't. It's not I, like I intend to. It's just, it's just how I start. So they'll deal with it. Um, we're taking a break this week from our story series uh, because, well, first of all, it's going great. Uh, we're having lots of people on, lots of cool stories. But we're ending the season, and I thought it'd be great to uh, kind of recap the season that we had here at the Fair Chase. Um, and, and tie in some of these fellas from uh, Trophy Line, uh, because as you guys know, who, who listen, we're big fans of the, the saddle hunting thing. Um, and yes, you can send me all the gifts and memes of funny saddle hunting, like people wearing diapers and everything else. Keep sending them. But I'm going to keep using my uh, my saddle because it's super nice, comfortable and everything else. So I figured we'd take a little time today, recap seasons. Um, I Like I said, haven't said anything about mine here, about you guys. Um, and maybe even talk a little bit about setups and, and something kind of cool uh, trophy line you guys have been working on. Does that work for everybody here? Works for me. All right. So the, the first question to kick it off is who here shot the biggest buck? That's this Weston. year. 
Uh, what did uh, I remember? I mean, James I don't know. Weston was yours was pretty big, dude. Yeah, I haven't put uh, like official tape on him, but comparing him to my, you know, my biggest deer today, he's my biggest deer. So I think he's he's floating in that 150 range. Yeah, so, he's big. Yeah, he's nice. <laughs> nice deer. Hanging Kentucky. Shoulder. Yeah, Kentucky. Yep. Wait, is he behind you? Were you just pointing? Yep, right here, dude. That guy. Big old buck. Nice, nice deer. Yeah. So <laughs> where where were you uh were in the same area that you and I had talked about or a different area? You know, yeah, it wasn't a public, it was private, but uh, you Cheater. know, it was it was in that same area where we were trying to hopefully connect. Um, you know, there's some public around. So yeah. um, but uh yeah, he he was like the biggest deer I had on camera, and it's just one of those, you know, things like I try not to be conservative when it comes to cameras and intel yeah. and stuff and he showed up one time but he was all over that farm and which was you know crazy to think about from a cell camera standpoint but um yeah yeah it was you know the most uh mobile thing about that hunt i was hunting from the ground uh okay. I hunted from a saddle earlier that day and i went back to the ground because i just changed up positions real quick at the last minute and uh i had to chase him and I was, I was telling you the Bagara 308. I yeah. Put a couple put a couple in him. He was just booking up a <laughs> hill trying to get out of Dodge and ran him out of a swamp and ended up shooting, you know, five times, four hits. I hit a, a tree sapling once, but, uh, you know, he had, he had several in his chest and I can't believe he was still going. Like it was gnarly. <laughs> Deer, they're, and I'll tell, I'll tell a story of mine in a minute, but they're just ridiculously tough. Like what, what, especially like when they're all rutted up, you know, they got the testosterone flowing. They're like yeah, brick walls. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy part is he ran into this swamp and it was like, you know, you lift up a hay bale and like the mice, it was <laughs> I, I, like, I went on the edge of that swamp where the blood was. And I think 15 deer busted out of there. Cattails are just going crazy. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I had, I had four wheeler pass on all sides of this swamp and I was like, I have right angles on this deer. So I just yeah. need to put myself into it. Like most of the deer were going up this way on the hill. So I was like, all right, I got to. And sure enough, he was booking it out of there. And it was just <laughs> crazy, man. It was, it was good though. Uh, he was the one I was after on that property. So that feels good. He's a cool shape. I love, I love the angle, you know, yeah. the antlers. I, I was thought I'd love yeah, those. I got I got yeah, yeah, You got to grab it. Holy cow. The G3s are pretty impressive on them. So yeah that is sweet yeah pretty good deer pretty happy with him so you won so that's i mean to kick off the conversation <laughs> uh weston wins uh and that what date was that uh it was the last weekend of gun season i believe and yeah. what's that i don't know what that um is. november late uh later in november it was like 28th or something what's that right? Okay. Thanksgiving, right? yeah i thought yeah, so. it was after yeah. thanksgiving and stuff i believe yeah, because I had a wedding the second weekend of November. I don't know why who would plan a wedding for that, but <laughs> every, but you know what happens every year? People do it, and I always like, come on, man. Just there's three months of the year that are untouchable. Have it in January. Have a nice January wedding. Who doesn't like that? You know, right? Uh, yeah, don't, don't plan kids or weddings for. That's right. Uh, talk to Jared about that. Uh, Nick, <laughs> uh, what about you? How's your season? Oh man, my season's been. Uh tough I think would be the word um I had a bead on some really nice bucks this year and I had and Weston was with me the whole this whole story at least uh so opening day for Pennsylvania first weekend of October mm -hmm. we actually had a a east wind which we just don't get here um yeah. and right. I was able to hunt this swamp that I've been wanting to hunt because I knew these bucks were bedding in it. It's got old crab apples in it that are all overgrown. So the, the, the trees are still there. They're great bedding and they're not producing any apples, but it's fantastic for them to be in. Yeah. Just can't get to it until we have this wind. I almost never do. So opening weekend, great temperatures, great wind. I was like, this is it. I'm going to get this buck on the ground. And in the morning, I didn't see much activity. So in the afternoon, I, I got pretty aggressive. I snuck really close up to that swamp and I'm, probably 15 yards away from where I'm expecting him to come out where most of the activity is coming in out of this swamp. And this is right after the hurricane hit down South. So it's 25, 30 mile per hour consistent wind. So my tree's going crazy. 
I didn't even film that day with my main camera because people just got motion sickness. It was just awful. Right. Um, so I had trees knocking into each other. Anyhow, I'm ranging uh, as we sometimes do for our, you know, I'm just ranging things around. <laughs> as one me. does. Do you ever so, do the so guess? Like, like, okay, sometimes this, this, sometimes this, I'm that. like, I'm like, uh, how far is that? And then I yeah. take a couple guesses. Way off. <laughs> Way off. 50 <laughs> yards off. Yeah. So, so you guys have to I'm doing that. I'm ranging a few things around me, and then I hear a twig snap directly below me. And I look down, <laughs> and there is a there is a small eight point standing right under my platform. And I'm like, okay, this is good. I think he was running with this other buck. So and then I see this this rather large eight point, the one I've been going after here in Pennsylvania, coming right at me. So I have to, but he's on my offhand side. So I have to turn around in the platform with the tree going crazy with a deer directly under me. I accomplish that. So I'm all good to go, get drawn back. And this buck comes in 20 yards uh, and I'm waiting for him to get this window. He gets to a clear window between a few saplings. Now, again, they're moving. Yeah. I let the shot go. And one of them came, one of those saplings came back. I hit a limb on that sapling and it pushed my arrow just in front of him. And I just cut his oh. chest open. So he was bleeding. <laughs> I thought pretty well. And I was sending pictures to Weston and all the boys and be like, okay. I, Cause I wasn't sure until I, I had a GoPro running. So thankfully I saw that GoPro and I could see where it went. Yeah. But I thought maybe I just hit low. I tracked him all night. There was enough stay. blood to like warrant a really good track job though. I mean, it's, it was tough, but it, it, yeah. it looked like he would have been down. But after about, geez, 300 yards, he never even stopped. So yeah. he crossed a creek and I tried in the morning. So that was the start of my season. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh. I did find get him on camera uh, two weeks later. So he took off for a little while, but I got him on camera two weeks later. So if he's alive and well, that made me feel a lot better uh, knowing I didn't just injure him and lose him. But uh, and then I had some good bucks on on public around here. I just was bad timing. You know, I was coming into areas um, and bucks were just coming up other ends of the fields, this and that. Like I had yep. eyes on really good deer all year. I just couldn't get them back into me after that uh, that mishap I had to start the season. Got some deer in the, the freezer, you know, some dough, some freezer queens. But uh, I'm still after some bucks i still have some good ones on camera and my season here in pennsylvania goes till the end of january so i oh, got some, really you got some well so we're in a special regulation zone here around pittsburgh so it's extended for a couple of weeks because we just have so many darn deer um so that way i got a couple extra weeks which is nice because with trade shows and things i lose most of the late season so now i'm yeah. gonna get some of those back before harrisburg and things like that so um, I'm still getting after it. Hopefully his, uh, antlers are still hanging on. Uh, yeah. Do they stay along on that long by you? Uh, typically around me, they don't drop until sometimes mid February, but I have heard already a couple guys finding some sheds. So I'm a little bit worried, but it I'm seems earlier today, this year, like yeah. I, we usually seem like, you know, I'm, we're starting to find them already here in Michigan. And that's, that's I feel like that's seems early. Wasn't it last year? Fire in that set? I think did you get that picture from Byron Horton? Um he he had a target buck and he just found his sheds laying. Oh. I think it was I think it was Byron. <laughs> he just found his sheds laying where he's hunting, oh. hunting him at. He's like, well, you know, there gotta, goes my there's the end of that. <laughs> hey, at least he found the sheds. I guess. I mean, yeah. That, it, right. Otherwise, you're just looking for something, you just see a giant yeah dull dull looking deer come by you know yeah i, I oh. wish my season ran later because like you know you both saw the shed that i found when i was hunting that yeah. land buck and he, it was right under my stand and i i know for a fact they they bed there in the late season with the pressure the way it stacks up around them and it but mine's already over january 1st yeah. was, was it same Indiana. sad day yeah, yeah. yeah i'm 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 definitely blessed to be able to go that far um, and do it. And it's weird because everyone's mindset's changed by that time. Everyone's either looking at sheds or they're talking about Turkey. And to me, Turkey don't exist until March in my head. <laughs> so um, I'm still after it. So we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping I can, uh, can pull something off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, I, you, know, you got to stick with it because you like, and it's like the oldest cliche, but like, you just never know. You just got to be out there. Anything yeah. can happen. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one wrong, like one deer can literally just decide to go one way. A coyote pushes a deer one way, anything, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. You no, look he, like you were traveling a lot this year. I mean, you yeah. went to Alaska and you yeah. had Kentucky and obviously Michigan. Didn't you do a, did you in Ohio, right? I was going to do Ohio. Um, that got scrapped because of actually now we're going back to Alaska. Um, and so instead of, doing i'm going back to alaska in the spring so i was like uh to do january take some days off to do a january hunt i'm gonna save the days and uh you know extend it to to alaska we're doing a, a bear boat hunt uh I'll look right off the south awesome um kenai peninsula so that should be fun fishing and stuff too but no <laughs> yeah we uh i'll i mean you can bring whatever i'm thinking i want to bring <clears throat> i want to for sure bring up bring my 300 my bergara yeah. Uh, but I want to get a lever action, like a 45, 70 or something, uh, and just <laughs> kind of stock the coast would be sweet, you know, oh, yeah. like that. I'm tricking out of the Yeah. 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 What's that? You bring the bow at all? Ah, uh, man, that's, I feel like I'm 50, 50. No, everybody I'm talking to on the trip, we're bringing Jared, uh, Joe, uh, who we've hunted with before and a few other guys. Um, but I, I haven't brought it up to them yet. But like part of me does want to bring the bow just because last time I brought a bow to Alaska, it like didn't work right for me. And there's a whole podcast on that. But um, I feel like I need to, you know, make up some time. No, so so I started out in Alaska this year, uh, which, you know, we talked a little bit about. We went to Kentucky uh, with the Hunt Wise guys. um, And that's where I ended up shooting that that seven point uh, that I shot this year, which is the biggest seven point I've ever seen. It was a nice year. It was a nice year. It was probably... I mean, I would say it's probably in the the one thirties, mm-hmm. you know, as a seven point, I think you lose some points. You lose, uh, you lose a point, you lose a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of inches that way. Uh, but I would say still like, just in terms of like quality deer, it's probably like the best quality of deer that I've shot. He was just thick, um, yeah. big old belly. You know, he was, he was healthy. I shot him right out the edge of a, a cow pasture early on. Jared got out of film and stuff. So was gone for opener of Michigan, uh, to doing that hunt, got back. Actually, my wife and my daughter were still gone. So I got back from that hunt and that like I worked, but other than that, I hunted till they got back like morning and night. Right. So I got a few more days of that in, um, actually like the second or third hunt, uh, sit out in Michigan. I'm, I'm in this spot that I can't give a lot of details, but basically it's very close to like a road. Like it's super easy to access, mm-hmm. but I figured this summer I throw a camera and I've posted a bunch of the bucks that I've seen on camera there. Like somehow these bucks know that the way, and we've talked about this before, but I think of pressure on public land, like ink blots on a piece of paper. Oh yeah. Right. And so they're just finding those spots that aren't touched. I'm like, I think this might be a spot. So I throw a camera out probably August and I'm just getting giant bucks, bucks like bigger than I've ever seen here in Michigan. Uh, one it was a hilarious thing. So he's, it's a buck in the background. Uh, you can't really see it. And I didn't catch it until I threw it on my computer and Jared's looking at it. He's like, holy crap. And you yeah. see, sure enough, he's like, I mean, oh, just, yeah. just massive. I didn't ever see him. That was the first and only time he showed up on camera, but it was like, so anyways, I go to that spot and I'm like, I'm going to sit, I sit once and I actually end up seeing a buck that I would have shot. It wasn't big, but I, I'm not a trophy buck hunter. Like it was a, it was outside the ears, eight point, nice tines. Uh, when was that? When was your first sit in there? Early? Um, sixth or seventh? seventh. Right when I got back from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so I sat there and so I see him. I I couldn't quite get turned around. He didn't see me or anything. He just kind of fed through. So next time I sit, I see, sure enough, this buck runs across the road and I'm like on this trail, I guess you could say. Uh, where cars could drive anyways i'm like i'm like hardly off of it right it's just it's awesome so i look and i see this giant buck one of the bigger ones i had seen literally just running across the road and just coming right right towards me so i'm like whoa you know freaking out like holy cow you know grab my bow get all set and i've i've debated this i have actually i posted this and somehow it went viral uh, especially on tiktok for whatever reason because people thought my shirt was blue People feed off of failure. <laughs> yeah, I, they feed off of failure because I fumbled my arrow. Spoiler and my my hoodie. I tried to hit the enhance image on TikTok or whatever, and apparently it gave it like a bluish hue. And no. so I just got messages. What are you? Why isn't your arrow knocked? Why you know? Why are you wearing a blue sweatshirt? 
it was knocked. It was a gray sweatshirt. Anyways, I, I go to grab it and I have this wrist release that I've been shortening a ton. Um, just working on different natural releases and I really like them really short, right? Well, I think I flew too close to the sun because I had it too close and I ended up just kind of hooked, right? As I'm trying to get it hooked on, fear's coming. I get it hooked and then I bump the uh, trigger. And so it just goes, dunk. And the arrow, you know, you could see it hit a couple limbs on the way down. Ding, 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 falls. Buck oh. takes off, right? Brutal, brutal. So that's uh, that's mishap number one. Uh, I, I go hunting a, a, a bunch. I think this year, I, I think I hit 75 days uh, of like 70, 75 sits. Uh, or days, sorry, not sits, uh, which is the most for me. And I'll probably hope, hopefully continue it uh, going forward. But so I had a bunch of good encounters with good bucks, just, you know, far off or whatever um, for a couple of weeks, uh, just moving around a bunch of public land right by my house. Um, and so Jared then and I go out, we have this spot that we kind of eyed up. It's a Saturday. He's had, he's got kids, but we're like, you know, he's got a young kid that was born um, right in right at the right during the rut right so this is like one of his few times we could go out this year we go out and i'm like i'm i hear you know scraping like what what the heck is that scraping on a tree and i'm like turn around and sure enough there's a there's a nice buck just scraping and scraping or rubbing a tree keep saying scrape but um rubbing a tree behind me so i'm like okay sweet you know he finishes rubbing and he's walking towards me he's coming out to a 20 yard like chip shot and i hear he like stops and looks but he's looking behind me. So I turn my head and there's a guy who had to be in his eighties who had a cane and like this knapsack and he's just walking through the woods. And of course the buck takes off. It just, it could not have happened at the most perfect, like more perfect timing to ruin my hunt. Like they just kind of converged and he came over a hill and he was all of a sudden right there. The buck is, you know, five yards from my 20 yard window kicks the buck out. Right. So there's mishap number two. Um, later in the year, uh, I, I, it's the rut, you know, you get your, your typical close calls. Jared actually took a shot at a really nice buck. Um, and he had forgot what happened, missed the buck. Right. So I'm out and it's the beginning of December and I'm sitting on the ground. It's like a totally new spot. I've never hunted. Uh, I, I find a deadfall with just tons of actual leaves still on the tree, you know? So I'm like, oh, that's pretty sick for like brushing in. It's right on the bottom of this hill, I figure bucks will be kind of cruising on the edge of the swamp down in front of me. But so I sit there and I, I'm you're on the ground, ground, right? I'm on the ground yeah. and I'm kind of on a knob. Right. And so all of a sudden I look up and sure enough, this buck comes around the knob. Like he came around a corner, uh, without like all of a sudden he's right there. And yeah. I think I sent you a picture of this buck. I it's, remember the video, if I'm not mistaken right uh, video or i said well, i might have sent you a i'll send you a picture this is this is the biggest was there snow on the ground um no no there was not oh. snow on the ground okay this, that's a different one. Oh, okay that's not that was a different one that okay. i was hunting so he comes and he is suddenly five yards in front of me right he's been shot on his left side so he's right side facing me shot on his left side only has can put weight on his three you know three feet um, and he's cruising for a dose. It's December three, just cruising with one leg, you know, rocking one leg. And he, so I'm like, I don't, I can't, there's no way that I can get my bow up without him seeing me. I'm literally right here. So he gets, and he gets to a part where you, I'm a little bit skyline because I've got no backdrop. He kind of looks at me. You can tell he's looking through me. Can't quite figure out what's going on. So he's like kind of trotting, but not really even, it's like not even much faster than a walk. Um, so I quick stand up and I find like a little window on the brush. I'm like, this is it. Like he's kind of slows down and stops. I got a quartering away shot. Don't time to have, have no time to range. I'm just going to, you know, crack off a shot. I think it's like 30 yards. Well, it turns out it was like 40, 45 yards, somewhere in there. What happened was I hit him low and literally Nick, just as you said, I, I nicked him. I actually thought I missed him. I'm like, you know what? I blew it. Like, what can you do? And I took a shot. It, it, I did what I like, what else could you do? Go grab my arrow. Same thing. He is bleeding like crazy. Like I kind of hit, you could see the fur definitely brisket ish shot, yep. but I'm like, man, he's bleeding a lot. So I'll just go pack up my stuff. I'm never going to find him. He's just bleeding. Cause I hit him. Right. That happens. I've seen that happen before. Follow him, follow him. And like, 
dude, he keeps bleeding like a lot. Uh, so I'm, he, he actually runs out the way I come in. So I was like, you know what? It's not even that big of a deal. You know, I'll, I'll just slow walk. Like, what am I going to do more bump him? Like I shot him, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just follow him out. He's still bleeding. I ended up following him for roundabout, probably almost a mile. And he hits, uh, he hits this spot and like ends up like the blood looks like he was pulled off the face of the earth. I'm like, what the heck? So I call a family member who's actually one of like the main blood blood tracking dog guys here in Michigan. And, uh, he's like, yeah, actually you should go for it because I, he's like, let me grab my dog. Like when, when deer are ready shot, another trauma like that can actually put him down. Even if it's wouldn't nor- necessarily normally be lethal. It's like, mm-hmm. sweet, you know, sweet. So we get the dog. We actually, it turns out this buck backtracked, but it was like farther than he had ever seen a buck backtrack before. It was like a hundred and some yards. Mm-hmm. went literally backtracked his tracks his dog did it which was incredible you know did the whole backtrack but like you said he may be bedded down once but not really he mm-hmm. looked like he was just still cruising for his like chicks right that's it's funny that's so similar to to my story i funny enough i called a good buddy who has a blood tracking dog after i'd done it like you know five i let him sit for a while yeah my own tracking and he came out and this buck that I shot was doing 90 degree turns. Yeah. I mean, just he'd, he'd cut through this one patch and then do a hard 90 or even farther back and then do it again. But he wasn't in a hurry. He's just right. walking. And I got to a point where all this good blood just went to drops. And then I was actually just tracking his steps yeah. until I could find more blood, which was kind of fun. I'll, I'm not, I won't lie. About cool. that. that was kind yeah. of fun making sure we could do that. But, um, after a while it dried up i'm like he can't be he can't be hurting that bad no so once i was able to go back pull the footage off the gopro put that all together with the the blood dog tracking and searching in the morning it just it was what it was um you know i that's what i get for playing in high wind days right but i'll be honest around here high wind days i've had a lot of luck well, with big bucks moving on high wind days it just had bad luck this time with the sapling so you're right it is what it is we had a lot of that east wind though this year i know really weird we did and and yeah i have a couple properties that just like weirdly enough east winds are really good and people are mean like southwest is the you know it's always southwest where i'm at and and like why do you even have east wind stands i'm like i don't like it just gives me a lot more opportunity but but sometimes (laughs) you know there's always at least once a year at least Mm -hmm. or a couple times even like You'll get an east wind occasionally, but just hardly ever. Like this not. was like every weekend. And yes, I mean it, it was, was it was crazy for us too. But it, it's whenever you know this spot that I was hunting just isn't too close to my house, so it's whenever I could actually get that far drive up there and and get at them. Uh, but yeah, the east winds, man, it's just something that I think the deer just aren't used to. Yeah. So you can use it more to your benefit. So um, hopefully, I get more from next year because some some of these spots I'm in. Even a lot of the public land spots, I just think guys around here don't know how to hunt east winds because they don't prepare for it at all. Right. So as long as you prepare for it, then you're one step ahead of them. Yeah. James, I did have a question on that that camera. Did you run that camera in that spot close to the road all year long? No, I threw it out in August and I pulled it went dead for once gun season hit here in Michigan. No deer went there. Did you see it go? Did you see it go dead before that in October when both pressures kind of started? No, no you didn't. That's they would, they would, yeah, it's weird. Um, weird things that I've noticed because, like, the co- two commonly held like truths are like, you know, it goes dead mid October, deer are switching up their food, you oh, know, their feeding pattern. Well, this was by a lot of oaks, a lot of good mast, right? It was by fields too. But what I found was one guy left his corn up all year. Yeah. Uh, and I was by mass, so they would just go back and forth there. And it was just a, it's a strip of, it's a strip of woods, man. It's, it's maybe 20 yards across of a strip of woods, 30 maybe. And, and then on the other, there's a little CRP. I shouldn't even, cause I know some people that listen that do kind of hunt this area. So I can't say anymore and I, I can't help myself anyways. Uh, but, but that was the one thing where like mid October, all it is, is just figuring out where they're eating. Um, <laughs> The second thing, and one of the coolest parts of my whole year was late season because everybody like the commonly held thing is like, oh, the rut is over kind of, you maybe you'll have a second rut, but some people even say that's a myth. And like, 
Yeah. I'm watched. I literally just pulled a camera footage, pulled the camera footage yesterday. And I had bucks cruising for does and chasing around. And they weren't like young bucks. There's obviously the young bucks too, but mm-hmm. like there was a maybe four year, four and a half year old buck chasing does up till through Christmas. Yeah. Like past cameras through the snow, yeah. like oh, yeah. the thing. Some of the, uh, some of the public me and you had, were sharing pins on, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I actually had, uh, Robert or, you know, you met Robert, our new field producer. Yeah. He came down for a week and I put him in like my best spot in public Kentucky. And, you know, we had over 50 rubs. There was freaking scrapes everywhere. It had just gotten murdered, tore up. And, um, the, I had all of my three and a half year old plus deer show up in later December yeah. on that particular property. They, they weren't even hardly there in October and November. It was actually weird, but one of my, especially on public, Indiana starts October one, right? King hunt in September. So usually I'm in Kentucky, but I always put my cameras up, but it's weird. Cause like I have spots like you're talking about by the road, yeah. And, but I almost consider that first stage because as soon as they get hammered, yep. they, all those deer fall back on that mm-hmm. range switch. So I don't even, I used to have cameras there, but they went dead in that October 15th range. But what's weird is like when I put my cameras up on like the buck that I was sharing with you, yeah, those cameras, I had two or three cameras back in that location. I didn't have a single deer all of September and all <laughs> the way up until October 15th. And then all of a sudden just, Yep. But it was like they just dropped the population in there. What so. I found at to work for by us this year was later in the year, they really liked hills. They like they just like what I would this late season, I just kept following does because I'm like, well, the bucks are chasing them. There's a couple groups of does that I've kind of figured out at this point. You know, you kind of see them around. One's got a bump, like one, one I could always tell because the doe had a foot like this big just had like a club foot it was weird like yeah. but i'm always like oh there's that's the group you know <laughs> and so i'd follow them they always were bedding up in these hills and they'd kind of eat and you know kind of do their bedding around um and what was what's great about it is like it's really easy to scout late season two because like in the snow and in the hills like i snuck up to i could have shot with my bow two dozen deer you know, throughout the year, just because you sneak out, you like, you're kind of creeping up and you come over a hill and there's like six deer sitting out in front of you. And it's like, Oh, I'll just sit here and watch him and see if a buck ends up cruising by. Yeah. Um, so just things I hadn't always done before, but seemed to really like work. I also, I will say that one of the properties I was hunting was it's like, um, I don't know what it's considered. It's owned by the County. And so you get like the farmer that used to own it, sold, sells it to the County as like parkland, but he still farms it. And so you can get drawn. And that was one of the places where I saw like that big one that I hit and couldn't find. And actually that late season, I had this probably 130s inch buck um, cruising around that I saw a bunch. Actually, my buddy, Mark, who uh, did does some photography and stuff for us, um, actually shot him and, and wounded him, uh, which is a lot of wounds this year. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, right. Happen. yeah that's <laughs> i hate when that happens man um well let's keep let's keep moving because i want you yeah. know that's the season i don't want to dwell on you know difficulty uh you know we yeah. can't all be weston um yeah. yeah i got but, some time we'll see yeah that's right you i'm expecting a picture anytime now oh don't uh, put that pressure on uh, <laughs> so uh you know having spent all this time in the woods this is like one of my i feel like right at the end of the year is when i'm most dialed in with my stuff like the stuff yeah. i bring out we always make the joke, like you start the season and you got like bundles of stuff and you're all like perfectly quaffed and everything looks beautiful at the end of the season. You got like, you know, half a boot on, you look ragged, you know, all your stuff is like cinched down to the bare bones. So yeah. like talking uh, about what's Leonardo DiCaprio in that, what was that? Yes, bear? Uh, Revenant. Yeah. It's Revenant. exactly yeah, what it's, I had in mind. Yeah, you look like him after the bear. Yeah. Yes. After the bear. <laughs> <laughs> You're just ragged. You like me. I haven't shaved. No, I look homeless, and you look tired. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So talking like setups, like the 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 stuff you take out with you. Um. We get a lot of questions. Like probably between like specific deer questions, people will write in with. Um. It's usually around our setup and mostly saddle. Uh, sometimes about like our bow. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to cover just like briefly, like what what was your go to item? I mean, obviously, you guys are trophy line guys so you're a little biased but you're out in the trophy line saddle but like what are some things that you found as like necessary for this year that were always with you i think it changed up a lot this year because you know 
obviously we 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 launched a new saddle tons of new packs so we were changing it up a mm-hmm. lot from previous years myself just getting started because this is my first whole year with trophy line but yeah. you know it was i think it was a lot of changing up and and also like using some packs and some gear very specifically too depending yeah well how so um for me personally like i've always i've always hunted with a frame pack on public so when we when we um launched the sumter pack that ultralight frame you know great mm-hmm. for a little public land whitetail but also self-filming that was my go-to and then i um i used that exclusively with three sticks and the wingman okay uh, so yep. that was like Same. my running gun i Three sticks that. and a wingman is deadly, dude. Yeah, and I, and I had a good aider, removable aider that I would just, you know, fly up, and I got really dialed in to that setup, <clears throat> that public land buck that me and you were texting often about almost every week. Uh, and you know that changed up a little bit later this season, but pretty exclusively the Sumter self filming gear because I needed to take a lot of gear in, and I was doing really heavy day, all day sits, and then. Um, I would switch to the EDP and the Palisade. Yeah, that new uh, foam foam body pack. Uh, yeah, that looks cool. Nick's got sitting behind him here. I think he was using that pretty heavy. Um, but I would I would do that because I had some preset sticks or climbing cedar trees and just putting platforms up. And it was love that pack for for the yep. and stuff. But yep, I love it. For me, um, you know, I always been a big fan of our plateau pack and that's what I use primarily. So the start of the season when it's green, when everything's super thick, I'll take that plateau out with four of our double steps, typically our EDP. Sometimes I will do the, um, the wingman combo, just like you guys love. Yeah. So wingman is always in my truck. So it really just depends. Like I have a, a, um, standalone platform that I'll take. And then I have a wingman in my truck. So just in case I'm going to an area that is super hilly or gnarly, and I just, or maybe I have a little bit less options as far as what the tree is, I'll take the wingman because I can set it up so easily for whatever's in front of me, right? Um, but primarily I'll take the the plateau. Which James, you you just got the plateau, right? Well, I know oh, yeah. Just I've been, you know, you, right. You sent it to me right before that Kentucky hunt. So that was my first oh, time ever okay. taking it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that because for me, the way we designed it with the clips on the shoulders for an EDP, I don't take the backpack off when I get to a tree ever. Right. I uh, run my bow hook through the side pocket yep. on the side of the plateau and I put my bow down, hook it to it. And then on the bottom, I'll take, that's where I keep my sticks on the bottom straps. So I'll, yep. what I'll do is I'll, reach down, unclip that, and I'll take two off, and I leave two on the bottom, but I use one strap for each stick. That yep. makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. And then as I'm climbing up, I set the first two, and then I can just unclip one stick, put it on, same for the other. So nothing's dangling off me, and then my platform's behind me. And you just that's pull just it right how up. I like to run it. Exactly. It's really nice in, like, September through almost all the way up till the rut for me, when things are just a bit thicker, and I can keep my pack Smaller, Same. less stuff. Uh, after that, like around the rot where I'm doing all day sits, I'm taking more stuff and I'm taking food or, you know, my camera with extra batteries, this and that, whatever. I'm gonna, I took the Palisade here that we launched, that the EVA pack, which I really do love because it holds its shape. And I like the, uh, the organization we had on the outside. You know, we have a couple square pockets on the outside. I'll keep my bow hook in one, my GoPro in the other. Things are all easy access in that. And then I can just stuff the whole open void of that pack with layers, my vinyl harness, knee pads, whatever I want to take in versus carrying and strap on the outside of the pack. So that's been one of my favorite things. And uh, with this pack here, I will use a standalone platform um, and it's not the EDP. Uh, I've been using it for, for a while now and I love it. So we can get into that here too. What do you think? I'm Justin? curious, James, what did you use? I mean, you put a lot of time in the tree this year. Yeah. I just, so I did the same, almost the exact same thing. So early season was plateau. I use that plateau pack. Just like you said, it's super small. It's, you're not taking a lot of stuff with you. It's not that cold. Yeah. And you can just, you, it's got an, it carries a lot more than you would think, uh, which I'll probably use that again now that I'm, I'll do like small game. Like it's a great, oh, it'd be it's, great it's for like great rabbits. For small game, um, rabbits, squirrels. Um, in fact, I'll even take that turkey. Oh yeah. Okay. And cause then you can use those hooks. You could hook the, 
the feet of the Ooh, well, that's assuming that's a lot of assumptions that you can hook the feet you're assuming well, you can cinch them tighter yeah <laughs> if you don't got yeah. if you shoot a jake you can just cinch them down that's fair that's fair but i would bring a you know an orange orange uh towel or something to tie on that sucker. yeah you don't want to get you shot up no that's so i i did the same thing i did plateau and i would do for a lot of the year i did the three sticks and the um wingman mm-hmm. um i use the wingman often for as a stool oddly enough i did I, see you talking about that that's that's awesome yeah, I, I like a lot of times I'd be like, sometimes, honestly, some a lot of times I'm just going out and I'm in a new place I've never been. Like mm-hmm. at least 60% of the time I'm hunting, I've never actually hunted in the spot that I'm sitting. Maybe it's within an acre, you know, or a couple hundred yards uh, or whatever. I don't even know how big an acre is compared to yards, but you know, like I'm in the same area, but you, a lot of times it's like, well, this is actually the best spot. So I'll, I've used it to sit on. I, what I ended up actually doing was taking a foam, one of those foam seats, those little like and I taped it to my wingman for a late season. Yeah. Um, and it made it like, actually, you, cause you have something, something between your feet and the uh, metal. That metal from robbing your feet of the heat. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I wanted to try it. I thought it'd be squeakier and it, it didn't squeak. I was worried that I, you know, you get little wet boots and be like, rrr, rrr, you know, yep. didn't have that. So I did that. I ran uh, for a while. I did uh, the uh, stone glacier avail pack with the, the beaver tail thing uh, on the back. It's like oh, a, yeah. Yep. Um, I, it depends. Like I had this bigger 6,900 bag that I would use for like taking my daughter out. I've got to take all her stuff. I've got to just throw. And like, I just, at the end of it, you've got look like you're like going on a seven day, you know, back country. Oh, yeah. hunt and you're just throwing all your crap back there. <laughs> I got, I get her a sleeping bag when we sit in the cold a lot. And yep. that, that seems to hold it all. Jared ran the K's I know, yeah. uh, 2.0, 2.0. Um, and he also ran the striker, um, the Kafaro striker which um and this is just we're going to talk about this in a second i switched mid-season or near the end of the season to a a new platform uh that and actually before i talk about jared's backpack one one cool thing that i figured out so i i would use this platform which i'll let you introduce in a second nick and three sticks but i that means i had one extra stick and my wingman and Mm -hmm. so what i did is i lashed those together and anytime like it's like it's grab and go it's thick I would use that and I literally get one stick and a wingman up. And so mm-hmm. I have like, it's like super mobile, super light, like easy to grab and go. Um, and I it's use that. Aider. Did you have an aider with it? No aider. So just... I don't ever hunt that high anyways. Right. Right. But sometimes I found in, in late season and I used it more in late season, I'd find like a, either like pine or something or something with a really good backdrop. And like you, mm-hmm. and maybe it's only like eight feet off the ground or six feet off the ground. Um, that though that combination was sweet. I forgot to say that, but I wanted to say because it, it, it worked pretty well. That's actually um, quick a quick aside. That's actually what I take when I go scouting in the spring. Okay. Because when you go to a new area, let's see a completely new area, you can walk around on the ground and everything could look great. Right. You got to get up. So I'll take a stick and a wingman with me on my plateau or the sling pack, or whatever, lashed to a small backpack. And when I find something I think is good, I'll climb a tree that I think like, okay, well, here's this path coming here. Here's the wind. Like, you know, I got my milkweed going, even in yep. spring, seeing where stuff's going. And I'll climb that tree. Does that tree make sense? Even if I'm only going two sticks up, you know, you, you can, can get a sense. Decide, is it going to make sense for three or four sticks? Yeah. So that's that little bundle you made there. I use that all the time. So it's like sweet, it. super light. It's just cool. I felt like smart when I put it together. I felt like oh, it was great for idea. swamps too, getting above the cattails and all that yes. stuff. Yes. That's so, where I, that was what, that was what I had in mind. I'm like, you know, in swamps, they're like how so many times, not so many times, several times this year and several times in my past, I will go and hunt a swamp. I've never been in. So you walk in in the dark of the morning and you get the light comes up. It's like, well, I'm in a dead tree. My life's at risk. So I was like, I'm always yeah. like, let's go not so high. And you don't need to be so high in the swamp usually. Yeah, um, usually. Cause there's usually not even the option. Um, and then, the striker pack Jared used from Kafar was it was good. Um, it has a uh, Molly on the the back of the frame. So what ended up I when I've used it a couple times, what I would do is like hang it almost with just a clip on the Molly. So it's like plat platform, um, and then you run the sticks in that little pocket. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Oh, yeah. I usually just have one, one pain is like taking crap from one pack to another. So I have like two stretchy bags, like zip bags. Um, then I'll just throw in whatever pack and they're yeah, like my, you know, drop in. Yeah. yeah, I have that for all the camera shit and then all the accessories have to be right. Because I 
need them in pockets, but, but uh, yeah. One, one final thing and I'll pull it out. Actually two things. Cause they're just sitting randomly right here, but GoPro. I always just brought this with me and actually ozone. This is the Oz, uh, the Oz radial. Sweet. I have, a, I have a small, I have a larger one of that unit. That's a, it's a nice one. And then my GoPro, I actually have one of the 3d printed, um, tree, uh, trail camera mounts from oh, sweet. doors. So, and it's got that public land legal strap. So I just snap it to the tree right above my tether. And then I can, adjust Oh, I like that. So it's not on the tether at all. So if I'm moving, if I need to do a shot where I like, I go under and it's coming across my chest, the GoPro isn't on it in my way. I don't knock anything out of the way. That GoPro is just fixed right above my tether. Send me, so. can you send me a picture of that? Cause I, the <laughs> one trouble with this clip is that I would, sometimes you, it's great if you have a limb, yeah. you know, but sometimes I would be putting it on my tether. <laughs> like yeah, and then it sucks it down. And yeah. If you ever move forward and it goes loose for a minute, the whole thing falls and then it kind of the goes, whole thing is, you and know, since I'm so paranoid, you know, I have enough bad luck as it is that if anything can go wrong, it will. So yep. if I put something on that tether, it's going to hit something and make a noise. <laughs> so yeah, I try, I mean, I tape everything up and, and it's so, um, I'll send you a link to that. It's it yeah. was really good for me this past couple of seasons, actually. See, so I just cool. ran the headband with the GoPro. I mean, that, that way I didn't have oh, yeah. to the tree or whatever. And like, if shit at the fan, at least I was going to be able to capture, you know, yeah. capture the hunt on just, yeah. you know, I'll be the first one if a four and a half year old public land that, that one buck that I was after, if he was, yeah. I'm ditching the camera. <laughs> yeah. For, oh, for there are so many times I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of times late season, it just would be so cold. There's some cold days here. It yeah. is warm now so, somehow and it's rainy all day and last night, but it was like cold, cold. And this thing would not last. This uh, no, GoPro would no, not stay on. Long. Was, I, I think I would get when it was like 10 degrees with wind chill, I think I might have got 45 minutes out of a GoPro. Yeah. At the most, my main I, camera, not much longer, honestly. Right. But. They, you, it's almost like you have to pop my, and, but the thing is GoPros take forever to like, I feel like they take a while to boot up. Oh, I yeah. had this spot where I was on the ground and I decided to move back. I'm like, I got to move back 20 yards. These deer are going to come too close to me. So I moved back and I left my GoPro. My plan was to let it, to leave it on or like to be able to control my phone. Mm-hmm. And, and what had, ended up having was a buck came like, of two feet from my GoPro, like almost nose to nose with it. I posted part of the video on, on Instagram, um, but I, it was dead. It would have been awesome. It would have been an awesome because it's 360. So you'd have been able to see me. And then this little, like, it was like a, maybe a little eight point, yep. uh, just like nose to nose with it. But well, I remember like in my old job, uh, we were trying, I think the jury's got it a couple of times. Now there's a bunch of shows that did the POV angle. Yeah. GoPro went Bluetooth, you know, you'd have to put it, I think it was the hero four that I had, like we were trying to capture and my old boss, like he, uh, he caught a big Kansas buck, like five on a corn pile with a GoPro and the arrow sticks next to the (laughs) the blood running down. It was pretty wicked. And then Drury's doing a couple of times. I was like, that's a pretty sick capture. That is. Yeah. That's cool. You know, in front of it. So pretty wicked. Um, uh, so we, we've alluded to this like phantom pack. Like they're a phantom platform. I mean, like this unknown thing. So there might be a pack too. Who knows? There might be a pack too. They say. Well, Uh, why don't we'll see? We'll see. Why don't you? Why don't you just? Let's just cats out of the bag. It. So, uh, so yeah. So like I said, I've been using the platform all year, and so, you know, we kind of set the standard with the mission and kind of how things were that need to be rigid, and that's just what we take in our platforms. Everything has to be solid and rigid. So went from that to the EDP, smaller, more compact. And then we offered the wingman. You clearly, you guys both love that, right? You got mm-hmm. the comfort of the angle yep. and angle suite and, and the mobility is great. So, but we, did, I, we spent our time on the sides and leaning a lot too, because yep. of so what we did is we took all those features and made it into one. And we call that the Onyx platform. I have it right here. So this is the platform for you that I've been hunting off of all year long. And as you can see, there are angles absolutely everywhere. And Jared, I know you've uh, been hunting with this too, uh, and your whole team, actually. Um, and what do you think of this so far? Because for me, I haven't had a situation where this has been uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, this top feature here, with the new <laughs> cam cleat, it grabs a tree so hard that I could put it on any 
true. <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah. I never had a single problem. I, so I want to hear your opinions of it, but I thought it was funny. It <laughs> I thought it was funny because it's like it's like a buck after rubbing. Like I yeah. <laughs> parts of the tree just everywhere because I had just put it in a cedar tree and it's just like yep. a so, mess. <laughs> so I absolutely love the platform. We worked on it for a long time. We have, you know, really raised grips along all those angles yeah. so that there's no way you can slip when you're getting a shot. The top step that we have on our platforms is integrated in that cast post. And it's also on an angle. So if you have a shot that's right below you, you can put your foot up on that angle. Oh, yeah. And your lower foot on the main angle of the platform. And you are just incredibly stable. So it was really important to us to moving to this and having angles everywhere to make sure this thing isn't going to move wherever you want. And <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a platform be more stable than this thing. So I want to hear your opinion hunting off it uh, so far this year. So I just sent this video to, to Weston. I went, I actually, the last part of my season here, I actually, I put it out and I left it um, in, in a spot. So I hunted there a few times. And like, like you said, the, uh, the angle is sweet. Like I'm hunting late season. Like you, generally the, for me, at least the most uncomfortable time to hunt, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Um, and it was, I mean, it's just super comfortable. And like what I like about it too, and, and the wingman's great, but what the wingman doesn't have that distance away from the tree. So turning no. around, I had a, like a time where, you know, you said the same thing, you turn, you can put your, almost your strap over your shoulder and take a shot that way. And I had a couple of times where I did that and it was like nothing, like no problem at all. Mm -hmm. But what was crazy, and I sent this in this video to you yesterday, Wes, and as I go to take it down, take the strap off, and this thing is like clawed to the tree. Clawed to the tree. Still. And I throw all my <laughs> straps on it. Like it would like hold my backpack, like clawed to the tree. And there's, I'm like, I don't know what kind of voodoo magic is holding this on, you know, what Indian burial ground this yep. tree grew on. Um, but like it's sweet like it will be my like i said i'll use that wingman for those kind of niche type hunts but like yeah. my the onyx will onyx will be like my go-to yeah yeah i think i think like that mission was like nick said you started out there because you know at that time which you know a couple of years back it, a lot of the a lot of the hunters coming over to the saddle were still coming away from you know hang-ons and climbers and these bigger platforms <laughs> yeah you know, more foot room and then the EDP, and I'm not saying like the EDP and the mission, you know, even the wingman, if that's what you're going to buy, they're good for niches, but like, they're also really, um, they're good for most situations too. Yeah. But oh yeah. This, this particular one, like I was talking to Nick about, it, I was like, really for, for like a new, someone trying saddle hunter for the first time, it's like, you know, buying a, a pack or, uh, like a holster. Yeah. Still carry. It's like, if you buy the right one. Yeah. Only need one the grass might not be greener on the other side because yeah. you're just gonna, you're gonna love it and be satisfied with it that much. And I think that's where this is and hunting from the wingman all year long. And then, you know, <laughs> then transitioning into this is like, I realized how much time I spent on the edge of the wingman. Every, all, most of the time, you know, like on the, on the right side, particularly, cause I'm just like looking left. Cause I've got that set up. I'm still trying to hide behind the tree. And, yep. Yep. and I was, I was texting Nick. I was like, you know, I'm always working on the marketing. I was like, you know, it's, it's not good to say this, but it's like, it was, it almost skipped my mind with how comfortable it was. Cause it was like unnaturally comfortable. Cause I wasn't right. even, I was like, not even thinking yeah. about and my feet on the platform. So just like the wingman. And one thing that we thought was important to the wingman is to not have that angle be too steep. Mm -hmm. um, so this is actually You're slipping off. <laughs> yeah. So this actually is a bit more gradual than the wingman even is. So you can see it, you know, this isn't going to pitch you away from the tree. Because what I want is everyone to still have body control Yeah. when you're trying to make that shot and not have the angle control you. So yeah. you still get the arch comfort. I mean, it's ev absolutely everywhere, all the way around. I mean, we got these chamfered corners here that you, um, sorry, I'm trying to show it really well. So this chamfered corner here, I usually stand with maybe one foot right here and one right on the corner. So I'm, I have the most use of this platform, but like Weston was saying, like, I, you just don't stay on the front of it. The whole right. time. You just mm -hmm. don't. So why not have something that offers you those shot opportunities all the way around and the comfort all the way around. So really happy with it. Um, you know, it comes in a bit heavier than our EDP, but it's lighter than our, our mission. And honestly, we get that question a lot. It's like, do I get the EDP or do I get the mission? You know, I'm a bigger guy with size 13 feet but I don't want to carry a big platform. Well, here you go. You have the Onyx. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, if you and, and some guys just want to have a smaller platform, we're still going to continue to sell the EDP. Yeah. And, and for, animation. Nothing's going away. Yeah. And for people that can't see or like he just obviously hanging up, like holding the wing or the EDP up next to it. But yeah. it's slightly expanded from what a lot of people know, which is the EDP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's still got like the base of it, the actual outline on the, the horizontal here before the angle start is is just slightly smaller than the EDP. And then this expands past it. But if you have that size 12, you know, that's kind of like the cutoff size 12 foot or above, like you said, um, James, it, you have plenty of room to turn around still. So yeah, it, it's especially in late season, like you're saying, because once you got those big, heavy insulated boots, uh, yeah. guys are putting boot covers on now or doing the whole sock trick on top of their boots, whatever. You just need that space. And this here is going to offer it, I think, in it, the most universal way, I think, for all right. our customers. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you. I'm trying to pull this up a second. I honestly didn't okay. even try to do this. Uh, uh, so I, I've been bringing this back to Jared tonight and I wanted him, anyways, I want to show him something, but like just to see the width of an EDP, this is totally different backpack, right? This is a far backpack. This is the EDP platform in there or not ed i keep saying edp this is the onyx platform like it's not big no like it's hardly this is a skinny pack and like it's thin and it fit like it like i said it hangs right there that close to your back mm-hmm. you know for all these types of packs it's really it and that's, a, that's a flat nick you can get yours and you can show uh if you yeah. take that off um james the like so nick talk about the the leveling bolt area so, back there. that's what i was just getting up to try to show yeah. So one thing the customers always maybe made mention of is, is the bump on the bottom of our platforms. Now we always had it on there because that increases strength of our platforms dramatically. So what we did okay. this time is we still have that meat here, but it's a bit more flat. And actually the, the lowest surface of this bump is the exact same surface as the bottom of our angles. So when you set this down, it sits flat, but when you put it on a pack, the underside of this angle hugs the pack. Yeah. So it ends up wanting to stay on so much more. Exactly. It's like concave. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, show it's, show it's, it from the side, Nick. You can really okay. see that bend, yeah, you know? A, yeah, you can kind of see like this angle here. You'll see this. It wants to stay inside the pack. It cups around it. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Precisely. Specifically on, you know, our case or our Palisade, it's going to fit right in that platform pocket on there and just hug neatly to the yes. bottom of the pack. Mm-hmm. I won't put you through the process of me putting it on here right now, my <laughs> yeah. cast, but but that's how um, that's how it is. The only difference I think on this one is that because we did the full cast, we don't have a um, non-metal to metal contact like we do with all the rest of our other platforms. However, most of the fellows are out there or gals are putting a cobra weave around there. Oh yeah. Anyhow. So, um, but, but the features that we got with integrating this top cleat, like you're saying, it just grabs a tree so darn hard. It's almost shocking. And I haven't had issue getting it tight on any style of tree or any tree. So personally, I'm really happy with how this project turned out and, um, cannot wait for everybody to start hunting out of it. And I'm I'm very excited about that. We we have a couple (laughs) of guys that were testing it this year and I have had multiple guys come at me and say like, I've never had a platform literally be able to get into like truly every single tree. Like, I mean, I've got pictures of like, he's one particular guy. He hunts really high. He gets, he hunts a lot of fields and like CRP Mm -hmm. and stuff. And he gets super high. And by the time you get that high, you got branches kicking out sideways and all sorts of hell. And he, you know, he's got a picture. I think it's like the last tooth on the left. There, (laughs) There is no tree here. You know, it's just like, it's, it's literally just off to the side and it's just like sitting here and it's wicked. And he's like (laughs) rock solid in that scenario. Yeah. Um, It's been good. Like there's almost no effort. It's the same system, you know, same way to set it up as the rest of our platform. So that's not different for anybody else here, but it just, it takes it to that next level where once you stand in it, you're like, geez, why did I ever stand anything else? Yeah. Um, so again, we're, we still have, what we wanted to do was just completely fill out our offerings of platforms for all these mobile hunters out there that want a bunch of different things. You know, some guys and gals still love that mission just because it's, yeah. you dance a jig on it. 
And I'll be honest, that's where I have any, if I have any presets on private permission. I'm oh yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get risky with it. You don't go just leave it out on public land. Um, there's I've a couple lost, of them. There's yeah, a couple I do. Of them on I, do. Land. I won't say where, but there's a couple of them. But, but, but it, so they're gonna have to work to get it. But it's <laughs> yeah. still packable. Like it's still, oh yeah, right. It's still that resource out there where you can move it if you need to. So like yeah. it's it's a lot different than like leaving a big preset whatever stand. You know, right. so it's it's still that mobile aspect. But like, think- yeah, it's. One thing I don't I want I don't want to get away from too. And we always talk about saddle hunting, mobile hunting, and all this, and we focus on public land. But there's a lot of private land yeah. hunters that oh, yeah, can yeah. benefit from this process. And yeah. how many yes. guys do you know that have twelve tree stands, whatever? Right so now, what you can do is either you can get a couple um, platforms, or you can do sticks. You can flip flop it. Do you want to get the the permanent sticks you leave on a tree and just take one platform to whatever tree you want? Or do you want to have some platforms set up and take a premium set of sticks right. wherever you go? You got these choices, but now we, we still want to offer things that would be comfortable for a guy to have at a permanent setup in his house. Exactly. His yeah. dad's well, land or his uncle's land or friend's land, whatever. The, um, the, the buck I shot this year, um, there was a preset spot. Me and Jared get there. This is on private land. Um, like I said, in a cow, cow pasture, like a buck coming out. And... Um, <laughs> what we, we got there and we're like, Oh, with this wind, like once the thermals drop, like they're going to, this deer is going to smell us. So we, we set up our saddles, you know, maybe 10 yards away, but just across, like just on the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I, I got a shot at that buck, I think, because he would smell me coming in. So like on private land, you still need to be able to adjust. Dude, to. I have, I've never this year more than ever before. Cause I, I did, I hunted a lot out of a climber. And I would just like, oh God, there's a tree. I'm so tired and whipped that yeah. like, I'm just like, fuck, man, I just need to get up in a tree because I still have to, you know, sound like a big raccoon going up this tree. Still, <laughs> you know? I want to get this noise out of the way. This year, like I would sit almost until daybreak and I'm just like sitting there learning the wind for like 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, the weather guy's horribly wrong. The, yeah. the consistent <laughs> wind here is, is, you know, this. And I would just literally sit there for 10, 20 minutes learning that. And I, I think those micro adjustments of like 10, just 10 yards, honestly, like three or four feet sometimes like this yeah. tree versus that tree. I'm like, I can really put that marginal wind just, just past that trail that he might come on. So, um, well, you combine that with the Venatic saddle. I mean, oh, yeah. that. which we, I wanted to show you. So at ATA this year, we're launching the Onyx. Um, and you know, like Nick said, we might give some sneak peeks and for some future stuff coming. And then um, we're offering a new flavor in the Venatic. So we've got this olive drab brown. Ooh, yeah. So it is. It's kind of hard to see in my light. Let me just kind of get it a little bit better because I don't have good lighting in here. Nick, yeah. do you have do you have better lighting or you have it? But uh, it's in the pack here. So give me. A okay. Oh wow. It's, it's so you know our uh, you know like trim color. It's it's like a little bit like olive drab because it's a little greener than that but mm-hmm. it, it you know got kind of making the moves towards uh looking at at what people like which yeah you, yourself yeah. solid color you know it there you go that gives you a there lot you better oh look at that we'll that's sick pouches on here we are going to have the same color pouches yep but the cool thing about this color is like weston said it's an olive drab brown in certain lights it looks green in certain lights, it looks brown. So it's never always consistent, but I like that about this color. As you can see, I got mud all over it. I've been hunting out of this for quite a while already too. Um, but I absolutely love this new offering from us because um, there was no real problem with the black, but we had a lot of people who reached out to us and said, hey, what about a brown? What about a green? So here we are. We give you brown and green, depending on how you yeah, look at well, it. So that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to like pick one. Like, I, I don't know. I right. like having options. Yeah. So we're going through a bunch of different uh, materials and just looking at that one, we're like, okay, it looks cool just to look at it in a, you know, let's say fluorescent light inside your house. Right. You go outside on a overcast day and it looks more brown. You go outside on a, a bluebird day and it looks more green, but that's kind of nice because <laughs> it kind of yeah. fits everybody's patterns, yeah. no matter what you're going to use to match it it's going to fit you. Yeah. That's a sweet, I mean, that's you guys, you know, over the last couple of years, especially have just been 
innovating, innovating new things, coming out new products. I know last year was especially crazy for you, but to see you follow it up with this is, is exciting. Um, yeah, you know. I, I think, um, yeah, last year we did come out with quite a, quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> and um, 2023 will be a bit lighter than that, but I think we're going to be more hyper-focused on some of the, the changes we're making to either existing product uh, for farther down the road or uh, things we'll be launching next year. Yeah. But yeah. the platform here is something we've worked on for a while. Uh, we went through a few iterations of that post and how that that attachment hits the tree. And yeah. we just weren't yeah. satisfied uh, for a while. And that that takes time and it takes money. And But we're really, really invested in making the absolute best product we can for everyone out there. Yeah. And what I like Weston said, what I, what we want is to have something when somebody gets into this, they can buy it and they don't feel like, man, maybe I need to update next year. Maybe, right. maybe the grass, like you said, the grass isn't always greener. We want to make it so that the grass is greener on top of this platform. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. So. yeah. I love it. Now you guys rock. Um, exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited for people to get their hands on it and their feet on it and just to really see. Yeah, like I said, that like the you know I got one right here and it's funny that I randomly had it, but this is awesome. If you can see it, I think it was <laughs> better it. blurred out. That was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what is it? You know, <laughs> no, save that save that for the thumbnail. <laughs> That's right. You Actually, can for the big question mark, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. But no, I, I yeah, like I said, we're really happy to launch out. We're gonna be launching it at ATA. And um, a little bit different than I think some launches at ATA, it is going to be available for sale after yep. we launch it at ATA. That is a little bit different. Not everybody does so, that. So, and that's the, that goes the same for the new Venatic style. So one thing that's important to us, and I think you've known in our, in our kind of history is when we launch and release a product, that means we got it. Yeah. We didn't send it to you. Yeah. And that's how much we believe in the products we're designing. So when we launch this on January 11th, it is going to be for sale. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there'll be, you'll actually be able to, you know, participating dealers actually be able to even find it in some local stores. So, which is really, really cool. You know, they're, they're going to drop it too. It's going to be pretty yeah, awesome. Be you, you will get your, well. You'll be able to get your hands on it potentially, you know, if it's, if it's in stock and, you know, I'm assuming they're going to go fast. So. Yeah, I, I, I assume so as well. And, you know, seasons are still open in a lot of states. So yeah. I'm hoping we get to see some people really enjoying this, you know, all the way into February. Got to get some coos deer hunters yeah. back in the saddle, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the in the South, you know, the rut's just starting pretty much yeah. now. So, yes. you know, guys are going to be out there a lot. So I'm hoping this makes them more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, fellas, uh, we're coming up on time here, but uh, like I said, as always, thank you for coming on and sharing some stories. And uh, whenever you come, it's always like you're telling you're telling us some pretty exciting information. So that's always <laughs> it's always good. Um, yeah, glad for, for people who who uh, don't know, um, like where to find them, like Trophy Line. Check them out on Instagram. They're uh, uh, they're all over social various social media platforms. At your TrophyLine.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that right? Trophyline.com. Anywhere else you want people to look or? Um, we've no trophyline.com. We've got a lot of content, a lot of blogs, you know, you guys included in mm-hmm. some of those, um, some, some good reads from a lot of contributors and stuff. So if you just want to dive into more strategy, mobile hunting stuff, gear loadouts, you know, it's all there. It's a, it's a mobile fanatic tab, you know, which we've talked yeah. about before. And, and so it's a good place to hang out and shop around, look at gear, yeah. check it out guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.